High over London, a single aircraft trail was just beginning to glow like a hot wire against the steel blue sky, picking up the sunlight that was still below the horizon to the ground. A lone cyclist in a tracksuit rushed down Kingsway at a speed impossible at any other time of day. An electric milk float whined around Aldwych, and a baker's van was delivering French loaves, carried like big bundles of orange firewood to the Waldorf Hotel. But most of the city was still asleep, its streets empty and at peace. High up in Bush House, two men and a girl sat reading the news flashes on a television screen, calling up fresh ones by tapping instructions on a computer keyboard. The shimmering green printout made the news seem unreal, like stock market prices. And they longed to hear the original broadcasts that the BBC monitors at Cavisham Park had picked out of the air. Six hundred miles away, where it was already full day, an army was out in the streets of East Berlin. The girl asked, Why do they always use tanks? She spoke German with a stiff, Hanseatic accent. Just a reminder, the older of the two men wore a shabby but once expensive leather jacket and had a neat, dark beard. But they aren't even practical, the girl persisted. You can't send a tank into a building. They could do it all just with their soldiers. This way, tomorrow, there'll be pictures of tanks in the Unter den Linden all over the world. It's become a cliché of Russian occupation, and it's so unsubtle. Ivan isn't always trying to be subtle. His voice was unmistakably Bavarian, and he didn't do much actual broadcasting himself. Mostly, he built up analyses for the political unit and the weekly Aspekte roundup of East German affairs. They don't mind people seeing a bit of armor plate every generation or so. I wonder if they'll call it an attempted fascistische push like they did in 1953. A railway strike? The girl stared at him, disbelieving. The Red Army takes railways seriously. No railways, then no petrol, no food, no bullets. The second man was making quick notes. An announcer translator. He would be reading the first of the BBC's German-language service, newscasts, in three quarters of an hour. He wasn't allowed to write it himself, just translate what the central newsroom sent up and perhaps add a few non-controversial details, if he had them. He wasn't quite thirty, and dressed neatly by BBC standards. Heinz Manger, he said suddenly, as the new general secretary. They can't be serious. I'd heard he got cancer. A caretaker, perhaps, the analyst said. While they catch their breath and work out a real successor, if he's really dying, so much the easier when it comes to make a change. He leant forward as the story rippled across the screen. Dear God, they've had a real harvest. In all, six names had been dropped from the ten-man secretariat, including the old general secretary, Speishofer. All the others had some connection with railways or the cities where the strikes had been most complete. Only four men had been raised from the Politburo to fill the empty seats. The AT man started searching desperately for the office copy of Who's Who in Eastern Europe. Gustav Eismark, the girl read. Do we know him? The analyst nodded thoughtfully. Odd that. You might even say he's a bit of a liberal, in their terms. He was in shipping. He represented Rostock at one time. Are you sure of that? The AT man called, still unable to find the who's who. Oh, yes. He went to Moscow after the war, then helped rebuild the Rostock shipyards. Then he dropped out of sight for a while. He tried to recall why, but couldn't. Then he started to come back after the 62 economic shakeup. Who's in his tail? the girl asked. No communist politician, perhaps no politician anywhere, 
gets far without a tale of well-placed friends and relatives, they pushing him ever upwards and automatically being pulled up after him. I don't know except that his son's something in state security. It's nice to have that in the family. A friendly link with the SSD was as vital as a party card. And the younger scientists and engineers like him. He talks their language. Probably he's been put up there to keep them happy. Ivan knows you can't do it all with tanks. You need the sugar bread as well as the whip. And he's younger than most of them. It'll be interesting to see what happens at the party congress. Probably not this year, but... He was already working on his think piece for later in the week. I can't use speculation, snapped the AT man, angry at the mess in the office. The teletype rattled and the analyst and the girl walked across to read what the authorized version was to be.